0: Once again, we are talking about the revelations of the curse. This is the fourth part. And unfortunately, in this mini-series, we are probably just scratching the surface about all that the curse reveals to us about the world today. Now today, we are talking about work. And to tell the truth, I'm not entirely sure exactly what work in the Garden of Eden would have looked like. But if I had to guess, I'm going to say that it was probably similar to the work that we saw this heron doing the other day at the park. So I was out at the park with Melissa, Jaden and Carter and uh, and we were walking toward the water and as we were walking toward it, we saw this huge bird flying towards us. And if you've ever seen a heron fly before, it was very clear by its posture and its uh, attributes that it was a heron, the bird circled back toward the water and landed on the water's edge. And I don't really know what it was doing. It was just kind of standing there looking around. And, and uh, my guess is that it was probably looking for fish for a meal. The heron was hard at work, doing what it does best, using the gifts and talents that God gave it. I tried to find an illustration that sums up how the curse changed the nature of work for humanity. And I came up with a comic from Scott Adams. If you're familiar with Scott Adams, he is the creator of the, of the Dilbert comic strip. In this particular comic, Dilbert and his co-workers were all sitting around a table, and their boss was in the middle of the table, and he was trying to prove that he was watching out for his co-workers. So he's looking at his phone as he announces to his employees This article says the benefits of the open office floor plan have been totally debunked. Luckily for all of you, I had the vision of keeping you in tiny cubicles instead of chasing fads. Would it kill you to say thank you? (laughs) Work is good for us. We don't always like it, and yet Ecclesiastes 2.24 makes it clear that mankind should enjoy work. Solomon wrote, Nothing is better for a man than he should eat and drink, and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. This I saw was from the hand of God. So it's a matter of attitude. Whatever you consider your work to be, you should approach it in a manner that it is a gift from God. The New Testament reveals, that we should also find purpose in our work. In Ephesians 6-7, the Apostle Paul wrote, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. I like the word wholeheartedly. There are people that like these short-term work assignments. They will go from one job to to another without any intention whatsoever of staying at any one place and they stack they, they stick out like a sore thumb i know you've seen them they lack passion they lack conviction they lack drive if we want to impact people for christ other people need to see us hard at work when you work hard, it is much easier for people to take you seriously. When you want to share Jesus with them, a few weeks back I had a conversation uh, with a friend of mine. The same old stuff we always sort of talk about, but somebody else was listening into the conversation. Some other people were kind of eavesdropping on us a little bit. And not long ago, one of these eavesdroppers happened to approach me about the conversation that I had with their friend and, and with my friend, and they told me that it got them thinking. So, this led to a conversation about God. Now, I wasn't very comfortable for this person, but they work with me. They know me, and they know that they can trust me. If we work hard and have a servant's attitude, God will use us wherever we are. It all goes back to Jesus, after all. One of the tasks that Jesus had was to get baptized by John the Baptist. In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus told John that he needed to be baptized in order, that Jesus himself needed to be baptized in order to fulfill all righteousness. Of course, you remember John's response. He said, I'm not worthy to baptize you. But after he baptized Jesus, the Holy Spirit descended upon the Son of Man, and the voice of the Father came from heaven. And he said, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am all pleased. It pleased the Father to see Jesus fulfilling his work on earth. Even after the cross, the Father was so pleased with Jesus that he magnified his honor. In the Great Commission, Jesus stated that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So Jesus had this great honor bestowed upon him all authority and all power, and so he commissions the disciples to spread the news, to make disciples. He was endowed with a special honor. Furthermore, he fulfilled his work on earth and commissioned his disciples to fulfill theirs. The apostles then commissioned us as well. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, Paul wrote, we are therefore christ's ambassadors as though god were making his appeal through us we implore you on christ's behalf be reconciled to god we are to redeem our work not just use as means to get by and to make a living but as a vehicle for the gospel at work we are able to practice everything that christ has taught us patience kindness joy goodness, and love. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Sometimes it is tempting to allow our work to define us. We must be intentional in defining our work. Our our culture has chosen to define work as a 9-to-5 job. The truth is that our work as Christians, goes beyond those boundaries. At the end of the day, who cares how much money is made or what is produced? People are truly what matter. There's a successful entrepreneur by the name of Greg Duncan. He has an interesting routine. When he meets new people, he asks them a question. He says, what do you do? That might not sound too interesting to you because everybody asks that question, what do you do? And so the person in reply would say, well, I am a farmer or I'm an accountant or I'm a CEO or I'm a teacher. Whatever profession that they happen to be of. And then to be polite, what did they do? Well, they asked him in turn, what do you do? And this is where Greg Duncan's uh, conversation took a turn. He would say, well, I like skiing, I like hiking, I like traveling with my family, motorsports, swimming, I don't know, I do a lot of things. Was there something specific that you were looking for? We are asked what we do. We immediately answer with our career or job. His point was that we are more than that. We are more than However, a company, a boss, or a coworker happens to look at us or define us. We have hobbies, interests, passions, and people in our lives that we care about and love. So what was Greg's point? Don't allow your career to be all that you find fulfillment in. Find fulfillment in friends, family, and God. We want to produce a harvest here on earth while we still have time that will ensure the survival of our faith for generations yet to come. At the end of our lives, it doesn't matter how big our houses are or how many cars that we drive or what we do for a living. All that will matter are the words God says when we enter through his heavenly gates. Well done, good and faithful servant. Like to thank you for joining me for today's sermon. Again, my name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. We would love to have you visit us at church on Sunday mornings at 10:30. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.